0: Welcome once again to the Irish NFL podcast, brought to you in association with Titan Roofing. Uh, once again, I'm Mark Cockrell, a depressed Patriots fan. It must be with a putrid performance this week in week six of the NFL. But I'm joined as always by my good friends, Gordon Bridgefield, a dichotomy split Steelers slash Browns fan. But happy for the Steelers side this week, Gordon?
1: Delighted for the Steelers fan. I watched this game in full, so it was a, it was a nice Sunday afternoon. Good stuff. And
0: uh, a deliriously delighted, Brian O'Leary, whose Giants have not only come uh, away with a win this week, but they're half a game outside the division lead. Oh, my God,
2: Brian. I know. I know. I can't believe it. We actually won a game. It's two years since we won a game and the pages lost on the same weekend. Week 14 of the 2018 season. I had to go and look that up for you. It's, it's almost like you, you were
0: waiting for this for so long. So we, we, we don't want to demean your, uh, your opportunity in this regard. But um, you did win a game. It was against Washington. I did check. That does still count as an actual win. Um, it, you know, it's not like you beat the Jets or something putrid like that. But uh, uh, certainly an entertaining game for you. Lots of entertaining games. It's, it's funny. Um, this was really week, week six, where I started off as an NFL fan thinking – there's some games I'm really looking forward to. Steelers-Browns, you know what? That's going to be a ding-dong game. That's going to be interesting. Complete blowout. <laughs> pack, pack, which we'll get onto as well. Unfortunately, follow the same theme. But some of the games we'll get to in due course probably weren't the most exciting on paper beforehand, but ended up being great entertainment this weekend. The games
2: in which we kind of preview and talk would be really the most uh, spectacle games to watch this weekend actually kind of turned out to be kind of a bit of a blow out the, the Buccaneers we, we felt the Buccaneers versus, versus the Packers would be the game of the weekend and everybody was looking forward to it and expected a, a back and forth game between Brady and Rogers with a high scoring game but it didn't turn out that way a um, bit of an unusual game in many ways because the Packers started out so well they were 10 nil up they got the ball back the Buccaneers hadn't done much and it seemed like it was only going one way which was that the, the Packers may be the team to blow out the books and then all of a sudden Rogers, which I think is a, a rarity I think he's only thrown three pick sixes in his entire career gave one away which seemed like a very loose pass for Rogers to do and put the books back in the game and then literally on the next drive I think it was the second play he threw another interception which was nearly returned for a pick six and might as well have been because it was brought back to the one yard line and then the books pushed her in and then from there on it was just completely dominant um, for the end of that quarter Packers, I mean, they just couldn't move the ball and the Buccaneers' defense, which has really improved on the balls over the past two years, just stepped up their game and a very easy, comfortable win for the Buccaneers in the end. So yeah.
0: 38 unanswered points by the box, as you say, 10-0 down, then 38 unanswered and probably Rodgers was lucky not to have another couple of picks. He really got shaken up, uh, it would seem, uh, after those first two interceptions and a few other near misses, but You know, Gordo, obviously you're a big fan of Aaron Rodgers and everything. I mean, what did you make of the game and the performance there?
1: Yeah, it was was a strange one because, again, like this was – I had a big accumulator on the weekend and this was one of those ones where we thought, yeah, it might be close, but it was pretty much a banker. Myself and Brian were texting saying it's pretty safe and it just went downhill very quickly. I think one of the biggest things was just the Buccaneers' defence and your man Devin White is one of the greatest tacklers I've seen this season. He just – go on, Mark.
0: No, no no go ahead
1: yeah sorry he's just just one of those sort of tacklers that he hit everything all game and he didn't miss a single one and it was just one of those kind of defensive performances where Aaron Rodgers got roughed up uh, and Dominic Sue, kind of pretty much shoved him to the ground at one point uh, and it was a bit of a spat between Rodgers and Sue. who I don't think anybody's a, a, a Su fan at this stage either but yeah Rodgers was missing balls his receivers weren't helping. His tight end went over his ankle as well, one of his favorite targets, and it just didn't pick up after that. But yeah, disappointing performance from Rodgers just couldn't get back into the game. And like Tom Brady didn't have to do much of defense, won this one really for for uh, the Bucs.
0: Yeah. And, and look, in Dominican Sue renewing hostilities with Aaron Rodgers, bearing in mind his time back in Detroit and the Detroit Lions and multiple suspensions as well. Sorry, Brian.
2: No, no, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. What I was going to say there was, I think a lot of that was down to the, the previous years, really, when it went against each other in that division twice a year. There was always kind of, no love loss, shall we say. But I just felt it went on. It went on a bit too much throughout the game.
0: Yeah. And and actually, I mean, they, they, there has been a lot of talk beforehand. The Buccaneers' defence might be a really underrated unit. And like we say, well, we'll leave it when we see it. We didn't see a lot early in the season. But actually, I wanted to give a call out to another linebacker of the Bucs as well, Levante David, who was also hitting with some serious pressure and serious power. Um, David was the the infamous linebacker in his rookie year. He basically gave away a game against the Jets in the first game of the season by giving up a needless personal foul penalty, putting him into field goal range. And for many years, that, that's kind of haunted him. Um, but he's rounded into a decent all-round linebacker there. And, and certainly... It was a good all-round performance by the Bucs, great performance by Roland Jones on the ground as well, um, really running hard. And I totally agree. Brady didn't have to do much at all. A couple of nice throws, couple of safe throws. And, then, you know, 38 unanswered, pretty damn sure there's going to be one winner there. But speaking of this, and speaking of kind of unexpected blowouts a little bit, I mean, I'm going to call out here last week, I think I was the only one in three of us to pick the Bucks. So props to me on that. However... I was the only one of the three of us, albeit with my nose pinched and not feeling very clean about it at all, that picked the Browns. So from the the, the heights of uh, uh, heaven to the depths of hell very quickly, because the Browns, my God, they were hellish this weekend.
1: Yeah, it was one of those games. Again, it's kind of, are the Steelers just really, really good? Or is Baker Mayfield just really, really shit at the moment? It's kind of, it's, it's twofold. He let them down with the Brown side of things uh obviously as a Steelers fan I was thoroughly enjoying this game this is the one I had on and I was watching this one in full the defense again for the Steelers just had a field day four sacks uh Bud Dupree with two big ones uh rushing mostly rushing touchdowns I think it was four touchdowns and three of them were rushing uh, from the Steelers and Big Ben again was just he was hitting throws didn't do anything spectacular got pulled out of the game late to save him because there's no need to play him anymore but obviously the big talking point was Mayfield um and Mayfield getting benched uh, late in the third quarter for Case Keenum and Kevin Stefanski coming out very quickly afterwards saying that they benched him because you know they they were trying to make sure he wasn't going to get hit in this game and he was getting hit too much not because of the performance and that he is still going to be there for the next week and I think he has to stay as the starter but I think if you look at all of the the press clippings and the shows online since this game a lot of talk is is Mayfield one and done is that is that another brown's quarterback that has just not hit the heights required because Odell Beckham, uh, Jarvis Landry, they have serious offensive weapons, Kareem Hunt, but yet Oda, uh, Mayfield just isn't performing at a level that, that makes sense. And Stefanski tries to game plan for him, but you can only do so much when your quarterback's letting you down. I really do think Mayfield just seems like a deer in headlights at the moment. But uh, Steelers, just, as I said, nothing spectacular, just playing really solid football. I think it's... I. I...
2: Find a bit unfair, to be honest, on Mayfield, because prior to the game, they're 4-1. And and we have discussed that he hasn't been playing up to the standard that people expect. Still doing well, and the Browns are still in a much better position than they have been in years. And in fairness to, to teams going in to Heinz Field, the majority of the quarterbacks going in to, against the serious defence are going to struggle, or certainly not are in the game. So I think it's – I wouldn't be jumping, I wouldn't throwing them under the bus just yet. You know, they, they need to obviously react – to that defeat, and they've got the Bengals this week, so it will be interesting to see how he plays this weekend. Yeah, you'd expect them to
0: bounce back. I mean, I I heard the line from a Browns fan before that game was, "Does it? You know, delighted they were four and one, but kind of worrying. Am I supposed to think, oh, we're four and one, and our quarterback hasn't played great yet, and so we can only get better, or am I supposed to think we're four and one, and Christ, he, you know, he's playing appallingly, and that's not a good sign for the future." He was like, do we go optimistic or pessimistic? And look, they played two quality, quality teams in the Ravens and the Steelers, and they've been blown out both times and they're divisional rivals, which isn't great. But I'm kind of like you, Brian. I think we could be uh, got to be egalitarian in this and kind of balance up the... They're probably not one of the great teams, but they're still a good team. And we'll see how Mayfield responds for the rest of the season. He's not the worst... Incumbent quarterback Kirk Cousins, I'm looking at you. Um, yeah. Certainly, playing. No, and
1: no, I, th- I think one other point to make about the Steelers, which I think is really interesting that someone pointed out, is the receiving core. Again, if you look at the receptions from the weekend, Juju Smith uh, Schuster had a quiet game again, but it's interesting in terms of the age demographic in that receiving core. I think um, Juju is like the oldest at like 26 or something like that. And again, it's just back to that point we've talked about, the Steelers, when it comes to receivers and drafting well. Chase Claypool had another big, massive game, and he's proving to to be a phenomenal rookie-wide receiver. But yeah, I just think they've got some serious weapons, and they're spreading the love at the moment in Steelers.
0: Yeah, and look, great call-out on that great defense as well. TJ Watt really anchoring it, and they've gained great performances across all three lines of that defense. Um, certainly that uh, last season's first-round pick for Fitzpatrick is – uh, looking like a good bit of business and how he showed up the secondary as well. It must be said. Um, but like I said, Jens, it's not just about the games that were kind of were a bit one side and not that entertaining. There were some damn entertaining games. And I'm just going to tell you guys, 78 points, 78 points. I just want to be clear on this figure. This is not the amount of points the jets are going to score for the rest of the season. This was the amount of points we saw in one absolute ding dong game this weekend. Um, you know, again, I make the joke, but it feels like the Texans versus Titans is a game destined for Thursday night football uh, at least once every year and possibly twice. And if you could put it on even later in the evening, too, not too many people would be upset. But the Titans some way, somehow have gone to 5-0 and and the Texans are 1-5. and And frankly, this was the most fun game of the weekend. When you get four touchdowns in the fourth quarter and then a touchdown, obviously, in overtime to close it off, last minute drives great performances great um toing and throwing you know defense might have been a bit missing um i could go on and on about this game Hill stepped up to the mark to sean watson's trying to carry those texans as much as he can but the man of the day the man of the hour the man of the week Derek henry you know king, henry. king,
1: king henry mark
0: king king henry you know henry shefflin might argue with that one uh now gordo but um Derek, King, Henry, um, 212 yards, one of only three, uh, sorry, one of only six performances since 2018 for a 200-yard rushing game. He's got three of them. And not only that, when it gets to overtime, the Titans need to go the length of the field to to score. Well, you know, Texans will overcommit and let's stop the rushing game. That's fine. Henry will take a wheel route, 53 yards, and instantly change the dynamic of the game. Just an um, unbelievable
2: performance. And for a long time, you would you would never have seen the second half that came with that game because the halftime was 21-10. <clears throat> and the uh, Titans looked reasonably comfortable. But in fairness to Texans, that offense is explosive when they when they play well. But again, as well as the game, is I still can't understand some decisions. And I know Crinell is only temporary head coach, but you're up by you're sorry, you're up by a point. You score a touchdown, so you effectively could be going up by eight points. And then <clears throat> having the uh, Titans having to drive down and score, touch them, and then a two point conversion. But instead, the Texans went for two. Just doesn't, I just don't get it. Right. They wanted to put the game away, but surely you're better off just allowing your defense because the defense has had done some good things in the game with the what, you know, with the what, yeah, well, few and far between, but there was a situation where they, they did get to Tannehill, they did cause a strip and a fumble, and they recovered. It just, Give the defense a chance to win the game for you. In fairness,
0: I'm going to say two things there because you are right on the defense. In that second half, the only score they've given up out uh, uh, up up to that point had been Derek Henry's 94-yard run, which he just put in the memory bank along his 99-yard run there a couple of years ago as well. But I don't know. I'll defend Cornell's decision. Again, for anybody who didn't see the game detail, minute 50 to go left in the game. They've gone up by seven, as Brian's alluded to. They didn't kick the extra point they went for a two-point conversion. If you get the two-point conversion, this is what Romeo said afterwards, if we get the two-point conversion, we're up by nine, it's a two-score game, we've basically got it one. And of course, if they don't get it, it's more likely the team will kick the extra point rather than risk two. Obviously, Robert, uh, Riverboat run in the Giants game went a slightly different direction at the end of that game. Um, I don't mind it as much as you do. I actually can see the defensibility of that one um, in terms of, Trying to get the game away, and yeah, Romeo doesn't care. He's kind of interim gig.
2: He's unlikely to get the long term gig, probably. Um, so the, the one thing I, I would say, sorry, Gordon, I, I, one point, okay, the the Red situation is quite different because the Redskins, sorry, Washington, aren't going anywhere in the long run. The season, albeit they only win one game, the Texans do have the players to potentially get back in with a chance of at least a workout and winning that game in the division would be would be used to that because you'd have a tie break immediately. But it's,
1: it's back it, It's 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 back to what we discussed previously that both you kind of shrugged off is the stats side of things. It's these old school coaches being influenced by the stats of fourth down and going for it. And that's what everyone's talking about since. So if it was old school football, yes, they should have kicked the points and moved on. But everyone is being convinced now that on fourth down in those sort of positions, you should go for it for exactly that reason that Mark kind of pointed through. But I think on the Derrick Henry side, phenomenal again uh completely off topic but in my fantasy league I won by uh 36 points and thankfully Henry got me 40 of those um so Henry's the only reason I won this week's fantasy football so King Henry is uh long live the king but uh and I think the the big question now is who's your MVP is it Ryan Tannehill is it uh, Derek Henry because both are playing phenomenally well and I think the one thing I loved was that touchdown to AJ Brown to put it to overtime in the the, the final play that was some pass and an amazing catch. Um, in the corner of the end zone, but yeah, look, Tennessee Titans coming off a, a rough two weeks uh, and performing really well. You know, yeah,
0: this is Derek Henry's team, full stop. Like yeah. Tannehill's a nice complimentary piece, and he's you know settled in well and certainly performed well the other day. But this is Derek Henry's team. On on his shoulders they will run. Um, speaking of which, it's actually. Brian makes a great point about this game looked out of sight, actually, because the t- were up 14-0. There were a lot of games this weekend that if you looked after the first quarter, you thought you knew the story of the game already, um, but it turned very different. Um, I'm thinking, of course, the Colts game. Uh, the Colts 14-0 down to the Bungles, Um, and Old Man Rivers managed to push, hold back the river and get back into the game and slightly w- just about win that one. It actually got to
2: 21-0. Oh, good point, Brian. Yes, yeah, so yeah. it was, 21 in. Yeah, Yeah, and I, so I was looking, looking at it going, I was thinking, oh, my God, the Colts, you know, in a game that everybody would have talked, you know, they'd win, not say come to but certainly put out a win. But in fairness, we've been, we've been given rivers, and most people have been given rivers, a terrible time. And a 21 nil down, you don't see any, but the Bengals finishing the game off. So we've got to give them a little bit of credit this week. Three touchdowns, yeah. three really good throws. One of them, he was oh. even on the move and uh, fair play you know they turned
1: it around it was a great way I'd like I'd like to think that we're the reason for Rivers' oh, performance this week I think the tough love that we've shown old man Rivers has has paid off and look fair play to him he's come back he's made a performance uh, it just shows you a bit of tough love goes a long way so we'll see how he gets on next week I, was, I thought Joe Burrows was going to do it with the, the Bengals but yeah look good performance by Rivers
0: and look, it wasn't just uh, the Colts that were down 14-0 at halftime uh, for 14-0 after the first quarter. Um, in another game was 14-0 after the first quarter. 17-0 ultimately pushed out too was the Ravens versus the Eagles. And if you could have told me, I think even three minutes left in the third quarter that this game was going to be as tight at the end, I wouldn't have believed you and I would have, you know, asked you what you were smoking, to be frank. But um, exciting finish and you know, Carson Wentz and the Eagles, they've been competitive um, in many games now in the last three weeks against some really quality opposition. They nearly pulled out. Awful start, but
2: came back strong. They've, they've done that the past two weeks. You know, last week in, in Pittsburgh, they came back really well, but just couldn't get it done. And Similar enough again, they came back in the fourth quarter and, and got it within a two-point conversion of, of tying up the game. Do you know how many yards Wentz threw for in the first half? Or I think oh, it's... We-
0: it was ridiculously low wasn't it? I remember seeing it was awfully it was a single digits. 2 yards.
2: 2 yards in entire for I mean how is that possible?
1: Like he has to like it has to be the end of an era nearly there like is in even at the end that fumble or whatever that they were trying to do the RPO with the running back and they basically just hugged each other and rat, didn't separate with the ball it was pathetic like you don't see that in pro football. You think so, is on his you? Oh he has no. legs like in I Playing no. well. I I he's think he hard makes hard he, but he yeah, he so is but he ma- but he makes mistakes when you don't need your big quarterback to make mistakes like that was a terrible decision at the end. Although the only mistake
0: when well, he's made a couple mistakes, but the major mistake I think he's made is that clearly somewhere he has slept with the wives and sisters of every single member of his offensive line because they are trying actively to get him killed by the defenses in this game. It was like he was
2: running for his life constantly. They're down the they're down three, three of their starters every week, which is good news for Thursday night. Giants Eagles Thursday night. So hopefully he has it. Gordon, I'd be happy if he if he does that kind of stuff on Thursday night. Delight, And then yeah, we like, would happily pack him off.
1: Like he had he had 21 out of 40 uh completions. Like he's in it's not like his averages are still not good, like.
0: But Gordo, it's very difficult to complete a pass when you're running backwards, throwing off the back foot, trying to escape 300-pound men who are trying to crush your bones yeah. into the ground. I, I Honestly, I haven't seen enough of the Eagles games. I watched the vast majority of the second half of that game, play-by-play, um, play, and I just could not get over how much he was struggling behind that O-line in terms of just getting decent protection, even for the simplest of Past well, he doesn't to, have much weaponry at the moment either, with the injuries they've got in the wide receiver core, except for Fulgham. Yeah. Uh, again, another talented rookie. I
1: will, I, I will say, like being sacked six times is going to make your passing attempts tough, and I, I agree with that. But I do think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Jalen Hurts at some point this season. I'm saying, and I'm just calling it. I'm just calling it now. I
2: suppose it depends. It depends on the nature of the season, you know, where they are, because with the way the Cowboys are, have gone last night in terms of the, the defeat they got against a home to the Cardinals and the division as it is being so poor, you know, the likelihood is the Eagles will probably win the division. So I guess depends how it plays out from here.
0: Yeah. I won't say we won't see Jalen Hurts because I certainly didn't expect to see a Tim Boyle versus Blaine Gabbert shootout in the uh, box Packers game. So, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, But uh you know, give 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 Wentz some love. Actually, I'll also give their defense some love. They came back after a you know they've been pretty abject most of the season so far, and after a tough first half against the Ravens, they really stepped up as a team. Didn't quite get it over the line. Um, there are a few teams that didn't get over the line, as I alluded to. My Patriots lost uh, in a pretty abject performance. It must be said to six field goals from the Denver Broncos. Cam and the Pats had the ball uh, in the with the last drive, and a touchdown would have won it. But kind of a very, very poor and average performance by the Patriots, and even trickery with Julian Edelman throwing a couple of passes couldn't get us down sufficiently to to make the comeback there. Um, and, Drew Locke well, the
2: well, Drew Locke is back, and that it's a hell of a difference when you see him playing for that Broncos team. He, he's know.
0: back, Brian, but he nearly gave away the game at the end. He did, fair, but so. he, he did, because
2: he's he's still a young player trying to make big plays. But in fairness, from he, he had some good drives. Albeit there was a few interceptions in there, you know, which gave them good field position. And I mean, if they had have scored any, taken any touchdowns off those six field goals, the the score wouldn't have been as close as it was. It was quite, I think it was a lot more comfortable than it came looked.
0: Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And look, in terms of comfortable games, the Lions, you know, handled the Jags quite comfortably in a, you know, a rather meaningless game. Equally in the story, the disappointments of the season, the Falcons beating the Vikings 40-23. Um, our Bears, our Bears, I say, the Bears, the one and only Da Bears. Uh, Noel's
2: Bears. bears
0: Noel's Bears, now five and one. Uh, And again, didn't really look in trouble. It got a bit tight at one point against the Panthers, but you actually felt, I first time I watched the Bears game in a long time, I actually felt like, no, they're going to pull this off. Like they, they, The Bears are the, the better team here and they should
2: win. Um, yeah, I picked the Bears last week. I was, I was confident. Um, yeah, I think the Matt real kind of, you know, the, the I suppose the upper curve that they've been going on, I just didn't feel it would, would keep going. And the Bears, they're 5-1 and, and no one's really talking about them. and You know, it's all about the Packers and maybe to a certain extent the Vikings have been so poor this season, but they're going about their business quite, you know, as you know, future, they're coming up against the Packers in a couple of weeks, it's, that'll be their real... Real game
1: now. And, yeah, the Bears, then, the Bears defense again had a great game with four sacks, you know. There's that's that the Bears defense is really pulling them forward.
0: Yeah. And then to sum up the other games very quickly, guys, i would describe it as the trampoline week. Uh, very much. There were lots of teams, if you like, bouncing back. So we had the uh San Francisco 49ers bouncing back and beating the Rams in a you know very contentious game, a very important game for them divisionally to stay in contention there, 16-24. You had the Kansas City Chiefs bouncing back from a rare loss to hand the Bills their second loss in a row in a really, you know, uh, ground-dominated uh, Sunday late Sunday night game there. Uh, you had the Arizona Cardinals bouncing back to really whoop the sorry Cowboys' ass, Blue Frank, um, 38-10. There's no other way of saying it. Uh, Zeke Elliott fumbling twice in two drives. And the Cowboys' offense, the question last week was, could they still be efficient with the Red Rocket instead of Dak Prescott? After one week, the answer is no they can't and the last bounce back the New York Jets of course bouncing back to complete and utter mediocrity and uselessness in scoring zero points against the Miami Dolphins Miami win it 24-0 game was over after
2: about three minutes it felt and Mark you're not going to give a bit of kudos to Mr Irrelevant no. who's Mr Irrelevant other the, last, the last pick in the NFL's draft last year Mr Irrelevant Jay, who? Jay Crowder Jay Crowder returned a touchdown for the Giants <laughs> against the Redskins. Well, we did. We did already
0: talk about the Giants bounce back, and Brian, I, I, I fear that you don't get to enjoy this another. So next thirty seconds, Brian, just you to talk about the Giants. You can just savor in their bask in their glory if you like. But i would i brutally brutally answered you, Mark. I
2: was relieved to see uh, Riverboat brown go for two points because I felt that the game had went to overtime. The Giants' defence was on the field for 13 minutes of the fourth quarter. They were gassed. So I actually think I played into our hands. Basically, it was one play to win a game rather than having to go through overtime, which I just don't think they would have won the game. So I was actually I was relieved to see him go for two points. Maybe it was to put me on my misery if they had a lost. But no, thankfully, they won. And, be, and they were going to Philadelphia Thursday, win on Thursday, top of the division. Yeah. <laughs> Philadelphia are going to be a different
0: proposition, Brian, but I applaud the the eternal optimism that springs in your unbridled and unchallenged mind there. That, uh, you know, hope hope springs eternal, my friend. Hope springs eternal. Actually, before we move on to next week, two things are actually from the Cards and Cowboys game um, I wanted to share in some stats. Andy Dalton threw the ball 54 times. Now, I'm no, you know, I don't claim to be an NFL expert, but I can guarantee you one thing. Andy Dalton throwing the ball 54 times. Means you've lost the game, full stop. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. And actually, for anybody, and obviously I was very high on the cards at the start of the season, and still am very kind of passionate about their, them being underrated. Um, they need, however, to fix Kyler Murray in the passing game. They didn't win this game with Kyler Murray still passing well, nine for twenty-four. They run it with two hundred. They won it with two hundred sixty-one yards on the ground. Kenyon Drake having a great day. Murray running where appropriate to do so and picking up some nice yardage. But that is a, 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 re, a red warning light for the Cards when they get against decent opposition.
1: It's a massive one. It's one that we've mentioned a few times. We think on the running game, he's brilliant. Even DeAndre Hopkins only had two receptions for 73 yards. So, yeah, he's making up a lot of the yardage for for Kyler Murray. But, yeah, Kenyon Drake, 20 carries, 164 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, phenomenal performance.
0: Near, near Henry-esque, you might say. Near henry
1: of
2: inspiration. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> on we go.
1: I
0: have no idea what's going on there.
1: This is what happens when you have uh, when you have tech issues with uh, with Zoom online. But look, we do everything one shot, one take wonders on the Irish NFL podcast. We don't we, we don't work off a script. Mark is yeah. back though. Mark is back.
2: Just, I have I mean, no just, idea. Just as well, it wasn't anything else that would be played. Anyway, we move on.
0: (laughs) Home videos, Brian, home videos. Um, Anyway, um, we started talking about next week already, and we should always turn our attention to the past is gone. Let's look to the future and look to, uh, as you say Brian's hope. So Thursday night, I don't have to ask Brian. We know who you're going for. You've already told us. But Gordo, Giants versus Eagles. Can lightning strike twice?
1: I think, what, the line for this one is minus three and a half, I think, for the um, for the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. So, again, like I've said it, I'm not a big fan of Wentz. I think, as we said, the offensive line for the Eagles is struggling. They've got a left tackle that's a former Australian rugby player. They've just got people in positions that are just not working. And the Giants, I can't be high on them in the offseason. And then just because of a few injuries, completely go off them. Uh, so I'm going to give Brian something to celebrate. I'm going to go with the Giants to win and cover the plus three and a half. The
2: Lions started as minus six and a half, and it came down to three and a half because Sanders, the running back, and Ertz, Zach Ertz are both ruled out. So it's changed. It's dropped. Um, no, I'm going to go back to reality now. Um, the Giants are not <laughs> going to win that game on Tuesday. It was funny for a, for a few hours. Um, no, the Eagles will win.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I'm, I'm there as well. I actually think the way the Giants can win it is with their defense, to be frank. I mean, Eagles are missing enough weapons. We've already talked about how the O-line despises Carson Wentz and wants to see him killed. Um, and the Giants have had one of the top-ranking defenses in the NFL this season um, who have been performing. So um, there is a way for them to win, but I think the Eagles are going to have too much. I've said before, I think they are now – the odds-on favourites for that division. And if they're going to realise that, they've got to win this game. They've played too well against good opposition. They should not drop their quality at this point in time. Um, we then move on. And obviously, some games we'll still see and how it all transpires with COVID and the like. And some games obviously don't even have lines applied. Next week's games, of course, an hour earlier for us in Europe with uh, standard time coming into effect. So they'll start at 5 o'clock. Uh, and the first game... Bills versus Jets. Uh I don't think there's gonna be great mystery about who we think will win this game necessarily, but there might be the mystery about um what the line is actually going to be by the time it's actually fully set.
1: Yeah, as in how does how do the bookmakers put a line on this when Miami sticks up twenty four points on them? So yeah, I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with the bills for this one and I'm gonna take whatever line comes in play and I think I'll add a few a few points onto that as well, and this might be a nice little bet. I, I guess
2: that the Bills will start probably minus 13 and a half, the way it's going for the Jets. It's just so bad at the moment. But, yeah, look, I don't don't think we need to spend too much time. The Bills will win. It's just a case of how much they win by. Jets haven't covered
0: the spread even in any game thus far this season. So, yeah, Bills all the way, plus whatever points you like, plus Josh Allen throw 400 yards, plus, plus, plus. It's would um, be a massive surprise if it's otherwise. Much more entertaining game, albeit the surprising um, uh, development under Matt Rule with the Carolina Panthers. They're going to the New Orleans Saints. We're on a bye last week, or this uh, this week just gone. Um, and indeed have been up and down in their performance, hopefully getting Michael Thomas back from injury, though, will um, transform their offense. How do you see I this one the- going
2: on? Yeah, I think this is actually we might maybe one of the better games of the weekend. Saints are coming after bye. They needed it because they haven't been playing well. Um, obviously, Thomas was out because of other reasons at the last game. But the Panthers are doing well on the roll. albeit I thought the Braves would have enough last week. Um, I think the Saints will do enough to win. I think there'll be another one of those games where they'll just just put out the win. But I don't think they'll cover the spread. Seven and a half points. I think the Panthers will keep it within the seven and a half. But I think the Saints will just win it closely, closely at the end.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game as well. I don't think they'll cover the spread, as Brian said. I think the Saints will win it. I think the overs in this game could be a really good bet. It's fifty-one points overs, um, and this is yeah definitely one of those ones we've seen it from both teams putting up high points on offense. So I think this could be a, a really high-scoring game. I think uh,
2: Bridgewater may have a point to prove uh, going back in. You know, I know he's a backup there, but uh, now they're starting in Carolina. He might want to, you know, turn the tables. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually
0: thinking Breeze might have a point to play as well with everybody brightening him off in many respects, including ourselves and criticising some of the the play this season. I'm going to go with the Saints with the points uh, to cover comfortably. Um, next game, however, Gordo, we, again, we allude to this, the Browns bounce back uh, potential. Browns versus Bungles. Uh, Browns currently tracking at minus three going into Cincinnati. Um, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Uh, I'm a little bit unsure of this one because of everything with Mayfield and the rumours he's injured, he's got a rib injury and that's part of the reason they took him out. And the Bengals performing quite well at the moment. Um, so I'm actually going to go with the Bengals for this game. Uh, I do think it'll be fairly close though. So I'm going to go with the Bengals to win and cover the point spread.
2: Bengals to win, eh? Okay. Yeah. Um... You know, they've already played each other, actually. They played each other on Tuesday night already this season and it was quite a good game and the Bengals lost. But they did cover that night and um but I do I do think the Browns will win. I think that particular night the Browns put up a lot of points and their offense in particular in terms of their running game was really good against the Bengals. I think the Browns will run all over the Bengals this week and minus three is quite low for me. I think the Browns will win and cover.
0: Yeah, I'm not with the Browns minus three as well. Um I Reasonably confident in, in relation to them. I bel- I think uh, Nick Chubb will still be out injured at the moment. However, but um, hopefully he'll be able to return in short course and develop their running game further. Next game on the chat of the schedule, guys: Cowboys versus the Washington Football Team.
2: Yeah, no line as yet because the Cowboys played last night, so I suppose it's just evaluating who who got injured, and who didn't, and then we don't know who's playing quarterback for the Redskins. Like you joked about today, Marcus Case a coin or a spin of, a, a, spin of a, a cup, but um, oh, I don't know. I actually, I actually wouldn't be that confident on the Cowboys at the moment. Dalton, you know, after looking at him last night, didn't look great. Uh, I'm gonna go Washington to cause an upset.
1: Oh, that's a big one, that's a yeah. big, big one. I'm, I honestly think having, and again, I've only watched the highlights of the game from the Cowboys game having a chance to watch it properly. Like I think Dalton, obviously we said he's thrown too much, but Ezekiel Elliott had two fumbles that you normally wouldn't see out of him. I think he's going to have a massive, massive game. Uh, and similarly, again with Amari Cooper next week against Washington, I'm not sure if the Washington linebacker, forgotten his name, is back. Um, is back at the moment, but I'm going to go with uh, Dallas Cowboys for this one to win and cover.
2: Um, I'd say the spread so will probably. I said the spread will start about six and a half. It's a it. I say the Redskins will get a touchdown on the, on the line. Yeah, I um, – like,
0: it's, it's so hard. i actually kind of making new betting rules this year. I used to say never bet on the Cowboys because they'll always surprise you in one way or the other. The Vikings have been added to that do not touch list this year. Um, and actually, I just think just bet against the NFC least in any other um, – game outside of their division um I think they're now up to 2 15 and 1 in terms of that record we'll keep a track on that during the season see how bad mediocrity can become but um it's these intra-divisional games that therefore become harder to predict um and I don't like either team but I'm actually the favoring with Brian here I actually probably favor the Washington team to win outright um if you will give me the points I'll take them but I fancy them more in this game um so, yeah, I'm going Washington as well, actually. Dallas on a short week and just in free fall, to be frank, in many ways. So, um, Riverboat Ron, you know, Riverboat Ron needs a win, another win, I think. So, uh, you know, with whichever quarterback he decides to spin the bottle towards, we'll see. Um, two teams, we're talking about abjectivity and, like, you know, kind of abject failures this season. D- Dallas, obviously, and Loll and the NFC East have let us down, but If you're a fan of the Atlanta Falcons or you're a fan of the Detroit Lions, um, pain never seems too far away, certainly in the last few seasons. Um, Ever since that Super Bowl loss, obviously the Falcons have been suffering and the Detroit Lions have been suffering, it seems, since time immemorial. Um, This is a matchup of two very disappointing teams. The line at the moment, the Falcons coming off their first win, handling the Vikings quite comfortably or... At least catching the gifts that cousins threw to them quite comfortably, uh, tracking at minus three on this one. Brian, how do you see it going?
2: Well, we, we say we're disappointed with the Lions, but in fairness to them, they're two and three. You know, it's not it's not a bad record, and they could have won a few games. You know, they should have won that Bears game. I'm, I don't think they're as bad as people think. Um, I was quite confident on them last week, and um, they're getting points. I'm a little bit surprised, but um, now I'm going to take the Lions with the points. I think the Lions will win the game.
1: Uh, to be honest, again, last week when it came to picking the lines correctly, it was because I just flipped the coin. Um, I'm kind of going to do something similar for this game because I, I've liked the Falcons on offense, on defense, they've sucked. And then on the Detroit Lions, they just, yeah, they pull out a performance here or there. I'm just going to go with the Falcons just because of how good they've been on offense. And I think with Dan Quinn gone, et cetera, and the first win, I think Matt Ryan will prove it again, especially with all the talk saying it might be time to get rid of him in, in Atlanta.
2: When the sorry, one more mark. Sorry, when the when everybody thought the lions were goose, they went in and won in Arizona, which is now me, you know, judging by how well the Cardinals are playing, and that's why I think you know they're they're a better rounded team at the moment than the Falcons, and they'll win the game. That's my view. Yeah, I,
0: I, I feel I don't want to, you know, one swallow doesn't make a summer, so I don't really want to go that say the Falcons have fixed issues on defense just because they managed to handle Kirk Cousins. I think that's like you know. I don't know. There, there, there's well, there's so many bad examples I could give them. Probably most of them not safe for work. Um, but um, but there was definitely a, mar- a marked improvement um, last week on defense. Offense they've been quality the whole way through. So I'm going Falcons. I you know maybe it's the start of their bounce back uh, a little bit more. It depends which team turns up on the day. I see. Totally get your points, Brian. Actually, I don't disagree with your. That the Lions aren't as bad possibly as they're maybe being perceived. Patricia's still gone, don't get me wrong, but they're not as bad. The Falcons, I actually put in the same category. Yes, they had the bad blowouts. Yes, they had a terrible record already, but I think there's some more quality there that will come to the fore. Um, speaking of not bad as the people might seem, the one and five Houston Texans are at home now to the five and one and angry um, Green Bay Packers. Um, the line at the moment is a scarcely believable to me, to be really frank guys, minus three and a half for the pack, and to me I'll give it a go first, it's like, this is a revenge game, this is bounce back territory Packers are going to walk this game
1: I said it last week when the line was minus two and a half for the Packers against the Bucks that it was just too enticing to not take it minus three and a half against the Houston Texans, who as we've seen are on a landslide down, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers to have an absolute stormer, and I think you'll see a lot of connections made that he missed at the weekend.
2: Yeah, I can't I can't argue with it either. Um, it's full house. Yeah, I think the Packers will have a, a huge bounce back game. And yeah, three and a half. Yeah, it's, it's it's very low. I would have thought it'd be a little bit higher. Certainly want to be getting involved in. Yeah, chance of better Packers all the way here. Uh, absolutely,
0: and sorry, they're four and one. I'm just projecting forward to next week's pod when they'll be five and one um the Steelers however this is my game of the week in terms of intrigue debate for the the uh the the playoffs and indeed how their respective seasons are going to go the unbeaten Pittsburgh Steelers to go and play the unbeaten Tennessee Titans the line is minus two for the Steelers gents strength against strength who's going to out in this battle of wills?
1: this is just going to be like this is going to be a great game to watch um I'm torn. I think with the way Tennessee have been doing, I do. I I know they came back and they had a performance at the weekend, but I do think everything that's happening with COVID, etc., has definitely played a part. Because they should have probably won that a bit bit cleaner at the weekend. I'm going to stick with the Steelers. I'm going to stick with Steelers to go six and zero. Um, to have a strong strong performance. I think they will cover the minus two, obviously, and but I think it'll be a fairly tight game and a low scoring game. This is actually
2: one of the games that was originally called off. Should have been played earlier in the season. And as it happens there was turned into a really enticing game because obviously the Baltimore were still unbeaten. So the Titans have beaten the Bills at home, they're beating the Texans at home, and I expect them to be um, winning again this weekend and making the three wins in a row at home and going for the Titans to take with the points.
0: Yeah, for me, it's, it's a tricky one because I feel like the Steelers have been far more the convincing unbeaten team um, in terms of, you know, performance and scale and margin of victory and the like. Titans... You know they just scraped by last weekend, but I just think they've got a little bit of magic going on now. It could be Vince Young type magic. You remember the season they went 14 and 2 and then promptly blew up in the top seed in the AFC, blew up in the playoffs in their first playoff game. Um, you know, a team that's uh, I suppose never really got uh, any uh, benefit really since the Steve McDermott in their days in terms of the playoffs, other than last year's great run. I'm on the, the King Henry. Freight train though, and I'm going to go with the Titans as well in this game because actually I think the only thing that the Steelers haven't properly faced is a really comprehensive running game um, to perhaps perhaps manage them and manage their defense and ball control. So
2: I'm I'm with the Brian on the Titans. Just very early in the season, and we keep you know we, everybody keeps raving about the Ravens and the Chiefs being the main guys in the AFC. Whoever wins this game is right now the number one seed. Which I bear in mind that there is only one team getting the boy Come playoffs this year because of the extra team the number two city playing oh it's still very early in the season but whoever wins has a great chance to be at least in the contention for that pick for that number one season yep you're not a great remark no
0: no 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 i do i think it's a great point I, i'm just thinking i, I was mentioning the Steelers at
1: the start of the season <laughs> You <laughs> the shell. You the shell shocked. There, you know. You just, no, you just, no, cut, no. you, you, cut caught him deep in thought as he was like, yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. he was taking in what you I, were saying, Brian. No, I think, he was, I think
2: he, I think he was shocked because then he realised that the, the pages won't be one said or two said.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I was agreeing because um, Steelers. I called it at the start of the year. I thought it could be great. I mean, I'm just kind of musing more on the fact that. We actually in our, remember our season preview, we were running down the AFC South and kind of going, you know, who knows, like get a dart ball. You can make a case for arguably for anyone other than the Jags and even the Jags have surprised from time to time. And now a few weeks into the season, we're definitely seeing the separation and the Titans are appearing like the quality act in that particular division. And you're right. Like if. Somebody wins this. The Chiefs have already lost the game. They're in the pole seats uh, uh, to hopefully claim that first round bye. So, yeah, things have playoff implications even this early in the season. So, great game we're looking forward to. Um, I wasn't that shocked. I wasn't that shocked. (laughs) Um, Another game with potential playoff implications, because talk about divisional races. Still fascinating for me is the NFC West. Worst team in the division just lost the Super Bowl last year, and they're only three and three. They're only at 500. God, there are teams in the NFC East that would, you know, kill you for 500 record. Um, and this game of the weekend, the Seahawks at the cards. You know, guys, there's actually a lot resting on this. The Seahawks are probably a lucky unbeaten team in many ways. Uh, and the cards now four and two after the Cowboys win.
2: How do you see this one going now, Brian? Well, this is actually the one I'm looking forward to the most. I know you just said will be in the Titans still has been the game of the weekend but I think this one actually is the game of the weekend Cardinals are home to Seattle I still think that the Cardinals when it comes to these big games will just be a little bit short and I think the, I think the Seahawks and I, I actually think this one this could be one for the Overs Gordon it hasn't been put up yet obviously because Cardinals have played last night but I certainly think this could be one with a high scoring game but uh, I'm picking the Seahawks
1: Yeah I'm keeping this one fairly simple I'm going to go to the, the Seahawks for this one I think uh, we've mentioned all the issues so far to date um, for uh, the Cardinals. So I'm going to go with the uh, Seahawks to cover whatever the handicap is, because I think they'll have a strong performance. Um, I
0: feel like Brian's comment that the the Cardinals might be a little bit short is meant as a direct attack at Kyler Murray and, you know, making short man jokes. Brian is, it's not becoming, it's not becoming Brian. Um but I'm going to I'm gonna be contrarian on this one. I do think the Seahawks are kind of due a drop in the game. Um, I think they probably should have dropped one already. Wilson is playing lights out, don't get me wrong. But if Wilson doesn't get to take the field and the Cardinals run the ball like they did against the Cowboys, then that's the way to control. And I'm not sure the Seahawks' defense could manage a run-controlled offense by the Cardinals. So... Yeah, it's a bit of a, a an underdog play, I grant you. But I'll go with the Cardinals to spring the surprise in this one. Um, what isn't a surprise is that the L.A. Chargers are playing in empty stadiums. Um, that's nothing to do with COVID. They'd be playing in empty stadiums even if fans were allowed. Um, but they are playing this weekend allegedly at home uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Gordo, how do you see this one going down?
1: Uh, well, I think the Minshew magic, etc., is long gone at this stage, and I think Herbert is the the new heir apparent in in Los Angeles. I'm going to go with the Chargers for this one at minus seven, uh, and I just think the the Jags are just on a, a poor run of form at the moment. Um, so I'm going to go with the Chargers for a win here. Yeah, the
2: Jags are a strange punch because every time you think they're you know they're gone, they they put out good results and good performances but I don't see it I don't see it this weekend. I think um I think the Chargers will win comfortably I think Harry will have another good game.
0: I'm not sure about comfortably but the Chargers have more than enough. I will seven seems high for me but um you know I'm always worried about Minshew backdooring into a cover in the last three minutes of a game or something like that. So that's a bit rich but yeah I'll go charges to win and yeah Take it with the spread. Um, The next game, you know, if time was different, this would be the game of the weekend. You go back a couple of years, for example, these would have been the two class acts in the AFC West, the Chiefs and the Broncos. Um, But time moves on and things evolve. And we're not talking about the present and the future because I'm not as high on Drew Locke as Brian is. Um, We're talking about the class act in the division and probably one of the bottom dwellers. Uh, when it comes to the Chiefs versus the Broncos Broncos win against the Pats this weekend notwithstanding um, um, Chiefs definitely bounce back guys Can I, I'm going to go Chiefs I, the line isn't set yet but I, I'm going to go Chiefs uh, set it wherever you like, they'll win this game comfortably
2: Yeah, and which of the last few games that the Chiefs have had have been you know, difficult games, one they've lost one they've they won last night and, but they're not blowing teams away, but I certainly think they will in this game, um, I agree with America I think Chiefs will win very quickly. I think it's one of the games that you know there won't be, a tour quarter will be well, it'll be well, well in command.
1: Yeah, I think what the Chiefs are proving at the moment is that they don't have to rely solely on Mahomes to win them every single quarter of every single game at the moment. And I think they're going to come back after last week as well and really put up performance against the Broncos. So I think yeah, high-scoring game. Uh, be interesting to see what the handicap has set at
0: So sorry, Cordo, Who you're going for? You going for Chiefs as well? Oh, yeah, sorry.
1: gonna go. To, yeah, gonna go for Chiefs for this one. All
0: right, cool. So um, the next game, guys. Last game uh, before the late night game on Sunday. This this was this is a clear storyline. This is you know Master versus the Apprentice. The Apprentice coming back to haunt the Master. And oh wait, no, no, that would have been the storyline if Tom Brady hadn't gone to Tampa Bay. Now. It's uh, one contender in the Super San Francisco 49ers uh, coming to visit, you know, they're they're less than 500 for the first time since 2002, so I have to call my New England Patriots a pretender at this moment in time. Um, Jimmy GQ and the 49ers bouncing back after their great win against the Rams coming over to um, uh, Gillette Stadium. The line... I don't know why this is the line, guys. I'll be really honest. Is the Pats minus two and a half? And I tend never to bet against my own team, but money is money. And I don't really see a world in which the 49ers do not win this game.
1: Yeah, I think this is Jimmy G and he's going to come back and he's going to showcase uh, why he probably should still be there, to be honest. So I'm going to go with the 49ers for this one. At plus two and a half, I don't understand the line. It makes... No sense to me at the moment either, Mark. But yeah, I'm going to go with the 49ers to win and cover easily. Oh, sorry, not easily actually. Sorry, they're going to win and cover. I take back the easily piece. Surprised the
2: line is two and a half, and I'd be saying get that, get that line, get that bit on quickly because I think for the weekend that two and a half will be gone, and it might even be a picking game. But no, I, I'm I'm in agreement. Um, I think the 49ers showed enough last weekend and beating the Rams that the it might be too early to say to turn the corner, but as I said, majority of their results have been down to the injuries more so than the fact that they're not a good team. I think they'll win. I think they'll win the game, yeah. I think they would have won that much. Yeah. And, you know, from the the gritty Massachusetts
0: Gillette rain-soaked weather um, to the glitz and glamour of Vegas, um, and probably one of the saddest things for anybody that circled this game on the late Sunday night game was going to be Tom Brady's Buccaneers at the Las Vegas Raiders. Um and the glitz and glamour of Vegas would have provided a great spectacle and backdrop to this game, but instead we still got a very intriguing game. The Bucks are actually favoured, even though they're away minus two and a half. In this regard, and I wonder we've seen a bit of shaving on point uh, on uh, on points as well, based on the lack of impact of home fans. Actually, it's was, it was an interesting one for us to explore another day. Um, but you know, to me you know, the Raiders have been a bit Jack on hide but if the Bucks perform like they did against the Packers, then there's a no-brainer. But, you know, both teams have playoff aspirations, and to be fair, after dropping the Bears game, the Bucs need this game. They need to build up a bit of momentum. So, I'm going to go with the Bucks to continue, but I can definitely see the Raiders doing more than enough to win this game. Again, going to be a great late-night Sunday game.
1: I think this one, for me, is, uh, is going to come down to the Bucks defense getting to Derek Carr. If they get to Derek Carr like they got to Aaron Rodgers, I'm with you. I think the Bucks win this game, and I, I think they continue on the winning streak. But I do think the Raiders have the possibility of you know really giving it to them. I think again it could be a high scoring game, but I'm gonna just bank on the Bucks defense to perform again uh, and cover the line. Raiders coming off a bye week, coming off a win against the Chiefs, played reasonably
2: really well in the game against the Saints at home and then against the Bills at home, albeit they lost. I'm picking the Raiders. Um, I think the Raiders can go. Similar enough to the Chiefs game, I think they can go back and forth with the Bucs if it becomes a high-scoring game. But as you said, it's a case of whether the car can avoid that pass rush. But no, I'm picking the Raiders to win the match.
0: No, totally, totally understandable. I think it's going to be um, a really competitive, good game ahead. And then finally, I don't know, I mean, ESPN obviously pay the NFL a lot of money. A hell of a lot of money. And we talked earlier in the season about they had probably one of the better Monday night games when they had the Ravens versus the Chiefs in many a year. They've had some really good Monday night games since. We were getting bonus Monday night games like we did last night, for example. Um, But here's a game that probably when the schedule came out, they were like, oh God, yeah, well, we have to have one of these games on a, a Monday night and we have to have the Bears in somewhere because of the Illinois television audience. But this isn't going to be a great rated game. Instead, actually, the Bears at the Rams—we're talking about two, on the records, serious NFC contenders this season—and actually, what could be a very, very enter- entertaining game. I mean, they must feel happy writing the checks at the moment. I'd say.
2: I'd say the game was picked because ESPN fanci- fancied the night out in the new stadium in Los Angeles when they went through the schedule and um, five and a half points to the Rams. I think the Rams will bounce back after last week's uh, poor performance against the 49ers. Um, they'll have to because it's a very competitive division. And the Bears have done well, but I think the Rams, so offensively, will be too strong. And I think um, Fowles, can he escape um, the main man, Aaron Donald? I'm not sure he can. So, uh, Rams for me.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of on this one as well. I don't think Aaron Donald had a great performance last week or at the weekend, um, if I remember correctly. So I'd say he's probably gonna come back and I think the offensive line for the Bears are gonna have a, a seriously tough night. Like every time I've bet against the Bears, they've come back and got a result. But yeah, I'm gonna go gonna go with it and go with the um the Rams for a win on this one.
0: Aaron Donald has just Nick Foles sandwiches in mind this week, and I think they're probably going to keep him chained up and not feed him for a while. So he's going to be rabid on on Monday night. He's going to destroy that O-line. And for me, you know, the Bears are still a little bit – and we we used this analogy the other week, a bit of a Cinderella story. I still feel like they're going to go poof at some point. The longer they can hang in there, the longer they can – you know, obviously – be real competition in the NFC North to the Packers. The more interesting it is for us as fans, but um, to me, the Rams are going to show them what quality looks like this weekend, and it's going to be a comfortable Rams victory. Um, sorry to our Bears listeners, but that's uh, we'll see. We've been proved wrong before, as Gordo calls out. So, but I think the Rams will uh, will take that one quite comfortably. Um, it does bring me, however, to how to make some money this weekend, Gordo if you'd like to take it away. We've flagged a couple of bets there, but I'm sure there's more money to be made.
1: Yeah, as all of our listeners are fully aware at this stage, uh, the Irish NFL podcast has teamed up with horseracingbuddy.ie uh, so you can follow all of them on Twitter and Facebook and you'll find all of Brian's bets uh, across their social channels. So, like we do every week, Brian, we're going to go through our bet of the week. Give us our banker.
2: Yeah, the Mac won it again. one it the weekend again. We picked the uh, Dolphins, so yeah, the guys were happy enough with another win um, I'm going with the Packers uh, minus three and a half points expecting a youth bounce back from them I think that's a very low line um, I'd even give it a day or two I'd imagine that could even drop down to two and a half three by the weekend but to what we alluded to earlier on the Packers would bounce back this weekend and I can't see the Texans living with them in the line throughout the game Packers to cover the handicap.
1: And I think that's a, a really good bet of the week. And I think like Trent has shown over the last few weeks, I'm assuming you're going to leave it out of your treble. So give us give us the treble for a week week seven. The treble, seven, uh,
2: yeah, the treble includes uh, the 49ers plus two and a half. Again, don't understand that line. I would have talked the 49ers would we been favourites. The Chiefs, obviously the line isn't ready yet. I'd say that will stand at about nine and a half. So I put the Chiefs in. And then the last one is actually on Monday night. I'm putting the Rams in minus five and a half. To beat the Bears so the Rams minus five and a half, 49ers plus two and a half, and the Chiefs, which on the sermon will be around nine and a half, and that will pay out around six to one.
1: Really nice treble there. So, with the 49ers, Chiefs, and the Rams, uh, finishing off the the team bets, player bets. Uh, this is our favorite uh, time of the week, Brian. Give me give me a couple of p- touchdown bets.
2: Touchdown bets again, I don't get away from the two players because they keep they keep winning me money, so um. Kyler Murray scored again last night. I put Kyler Murray in to score against the Seahawks. Um, Josh Allen will be in the bet again against against the Jets. I mean, anybody can score against the Jets, never mind Josh Allen. So he'll score. And I'm actually going to do a treble. I'm going to put Cam. I'll be, I'm picking the 49ers. I'm going to put Cam Newton in. So three quarterback treble Newton, Allen, Kyler Murray
1: it's a really good bet and yeah as you say don't don't move away don't don't fix it if it isn't, if it ain't broken it's been winning money for brian week on week at the moment as we said this season we've teamed up with horseracingbuddy.ie so you'll find all of brian's bets across their social channels and also make sure to go and look at the irish nfl podcast on facebook as well we've joined that recently uh, and of course give us a follow and like on twitter too
0: All right, thanks very much for that, gents. Well, look, um, the week six is formally in the books. Uh, Now we move very quickly on to seventh heaven and see what week seven has in store for us in the NFL this time around. Um, Lots of excitement ahead, lots of great games ahead. And who knows, maybe even the Jets might score a point one day ever again. Uh, Until then, we'll be here to take you all through it again next week. Uh, And again, in association with our sponsors, Titan Roofing, we have been the Irish NFL Podcast. Uh, And for me, it's good night. From Brian.
2: Goodbye. Thank you. And from Gordo. Good night. See you all soon, guys.